and the lady came Monday and enjoyed it and came Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. She came four nights in a row. And Thursday night, late in the night, this lady called her the co-worker, the Christian who had invited her to church. And she said, she said, why did those people, when he got done preaching, why did those people come down to the front and kneel down like that? Why did they do that? And she said, well... Um, those were people that wanted to ask Jesus Christ to be their Savior. And, and they, they wanted to, to uh, she said, some came so someone could help them make sure they understood. And others came because they, they understood and they just, they just wanted to ask him to save them. And she said, I didn't know why they did that, but what they did, I did that when I got home tonight. And she said, what do you mean? You knelt down? She said, no, I... Well, I did kneel down, but I knelt down and asked Jesus to be my Savior. And this is really good. So then, so so she, the pastor called, and then and then she called and told me that they're all excited. And then Friday night, I was preaching up in Massachusetts, and the the woman whose coworker had gotten saved, she and some friends drove up to to that service about an hour and a half from where we were, and she said, "My friend just called me, and she said." All I've been able to do all day long is talk to people about Jesus. Is that normal? Yes. <laughs> she, she said, is that, is that, does that's what's supposed to happen? And, and so she said, yeah, that's pretty much what's supposed to happen. So, so we, we thank the Lord for that. People are still hearing the, the gospel and believing and being saved. And just wanted to encourage you to just keep talking to your friends and your coworkers and your neighbors and, and Invite them to, if, if, if they won't hear you as you witness to them, invite them to come and hear the preaching of the word and just see what, see what God will do. So it's a blessing. And I uh, saw the Myers and uh, those of you who know them, they send their greetings and, and, and I was blessed to see them up in Massachusetts. And it, it was a, just, I got off a plane yesterday and walked outside and there was this, this thing, you, you probably used to it, but it was, it's called the sun. And, <laughs> And they have that here. They don't have that up there. And uh, ten, ten days of gray sky and snow convinced me that that's not a place I ever want <laughs> to live. You can understand why people sell all and move down here as soon as they can. I'm telling you. It's a, that, was, that was gloomy, gloomy stuff. But anyway, uh, let's just pray for all the many, many people that are sick and and uh, so we've had Bible conference plagues before, but we've never had a youth rally plague. This is our first youth rally plague, and we hope we can endure it. Man, every time I, I sneeze or cough, I think, oh, this is it, I'm going down. I said, yeah, and all I can take, so amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. One last look at this Passage. We spent the month of March in this passage, and tonight we'll move to Exodus chapter 32. But one last look here. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Look at that phrase. God is faithful. In, in fact, in fact, it's even better than that. But 
God is faithful. Now, he says, but God is faithful because God's different from everybody else. He's different from me. He's different from you. We're, we're not faithful. And even though we're not faithful, God is faithful. That's a blessing. But God is faithful. It's not as long as you're faithful, God's faithful. Or when you get faithful, God will be faithful. But my temptation situation, not always a good one. My escaping temptation situation, not always the best it should be. But God is faithful. And this morning we want to talk about our faithful God and the faithfulness of our God. Let's pray together. Father, help us this morning. Help me to speak the truth in love, to say the right thing in the right way, to honor you. And Father, help us all to receive your word into our hearts that we might be the better for having come. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now what we've got to do to to really uh, rejoice in in this phrase, we'll run some verses in, in just a few minutes, but all we really need to do is consider the definition of this word faithful. And it's, it's, it's a long and lengthy definition, but you, you'd almost think that it was a, was a Bible study, not a reference to the meaning of a word. One who is faithful is firm in adherence to the truth and to duty. God is faithful. He can be trusted. One who is faithful is possessed of true fidelity and allegiance. God is faithful. He will not abandon us. He will not fail in a single promise He has made to us. One who is faithful is constant in the performance of duties or services. God is faithful. He never takes a day off from loving, providing, protecting all the great things He does for us. He doesn't do them one day and then fail to do them the next. He doesn't do them for a little while and then get tired of it. Aren't you glad He's faithful? Our God is faithful is exact in attending to commands as a faithful servant. There is not a righteous statute God has put into place. There is not an act of holiness God has called for which He Himself does not perform completely. If God says, thou shalt not lie, he'll never lie to you. If God has said, thou shalt not steal, he'll never cheat you. If God has said, thou shalt not commit adultery, he will never betray you. God is faithful. He keeps his own commands. Now in this verse in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it's written to people who often fail to keep the commands of God. But God is faithful. Anytime you want to live right, there is a right living God who can walk you and escort you into the way of that righteousness. Aren't you glad? One who is faithful is observant of compacts, treaties, contracts, vows, or other engagements. True to one's word. God is faithful. He has given us an absolute assurance of life, an absolute assurance of abundant life, an absolute assurance of eternal life, and more, because everything He promised to do in the document that He signed, He'll do it. 
He'll absolutely do it. Now, listen, our hearts are often broken. Because men make vows they don't keep, and women make vows they don't keep, and business associates make pledges they don't live up to, and, 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 and people shake a hand and give their word and, and, and then fail on it. I'm telling you, God is faithful. God will never, never, never come short of anything He's agreed to do. Hallelujah. The Bible, say, or the Bible says God is faithful. The dictionary definition, one who is faithful is exact in conformity to the letter and spirit, as in the faithful execution of a will. God is faithful. He planned and acted and will carry out every detail of the New Testament in accord with His heart of love. What an amazing thing. According to every jot and tittle of His written word, that's how He's going to conduct Himself. You know, this happens all the time for, for right reasons or for wrong reasons. But uh, somebody somebody sits down when they're, when they're 40 and they, they, they write out their will. And they say, I'm going to leave everything I have to my precious little seven-year-old boy. And I'm going to leave everything I have to my wonderful little five-year-old girl. Well, that boy hits 15 or uh, 17. That girl hits 15. He, that man might be tempted to go down and see the lawyer and say, I've changed my mind. Might happen. And then 27, 25, you know, uh, that boy straightens up and that girl comes back home to daddy and he goes back down to the lawyer. He said, can we put that first one back into effect? Listen, things like that happen all the time. God, God gave us his word in writing 2,000 years ago. He hadn't changed one letter of it. He hadn't changed one punctuation mark. You know, you know his church in the last 2,000 years has done things that make most people tear up the will. His church has disappointed him often and shamefully. And you'd think, you'd think they might call a council in heaven and say, let's just tear that one up and write another one. But God is faithful. God is faithful. I might not be, you might not be, collectively, all the saints on earth might not be. But God is faithful. One who is faithful is true to the marriage covenant as a faithful wife or husband. God is faithful. God is faithful. The church, the Bible says, is his espoused bride. He will purify her. He will preserve her. He will protect her. He will present her. He will dwell with her forever in a place he has prepared for her. Church, God is faithful. Bride, God is faithful. You know, it's, it's really hard nowadays to teach people about the Lord because the very foundational truths that help us trust God are so lacking in our society. Some of them almost gone. When you speak to people nowadays and you're talking to somebody that's not saved and you try to encourage them to get saved, you say, listen, God wants to be your father. God will be a father to you. Well, that doesn't mean much to somebody whose dad ran off and left them. That doesn't mean somebody whose dad w- was hurtful to them or, or, or abused them or w- was a drunkard and didn't provide for them. And so it's hard for people to understand that. When the Bible says Christ wants to be the bridegroom and make you the bride, man, you're talking to all kinds of people who uh, that does not bring pleasant things to mind, but brings to mind uh, infidelity and adulteries and abandonment. And, and so it's very hard today... To, to even explain God to people because their points of reference are lacking. 
So let's say this. Everything a father should have been, God is. Everything your husband or your wife thought they were going to be, God is. God is faithful. Well, you know, how can I trust God? Everybody I've ever trusted has done me wrong. But God is faithful. See, that's the phrase. But God is faithful. Come on, some of you, your, your, your mothers did not fulfill their duties. Your fathers did not fulfill their duties. Your, your spouse was untrue to you and broke their, their marriage vows. Look, I, I am not making light of any of that. I'm telling you, God is different than sinful man. But God is faithful. One who is faithful is constant, not fickle. God is faithful. Whether it be in his role as father, friend, shepherd, priest, minister, captain, yea, in all of his many offices, he does not waver, he does not change. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad your Bible, when Moses asked the Lord, he said, who are you anyway? Aren't you glad he didn't say I was that I was? Aren't you glad he didn't say I will be what I might be? He said, I am that I am. A million years ago, I am. Today, I am. A million years in the future, I am. God is faithful. He is who He was, and He was who He will be, and He is what He is. I am that I am. God is faithful. Finally, one who is faithful is worthy of trust and belief. God is faithful. We can put our the, the full weight... Of our confidence in God. And we'll never be disappointed. I don't want to ever disappoint you. But I'm sure I have. If I haven't, I will. I don't want you to ever disappoint me. But let's not even talk about that. I'm not saying you have. But there's a chance that one day. Come on. We've all been disappointed in one another. You'll never be disappointed in God. God is faithful. All right, now that we've defined God in this attribute of faithful, let's consider some of the scriptures written about this great theme. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. If you're visiting today and and you don't have a Bible of your own, we'd be glad for you to leave with one today. Um, Not one that belongs to somebody. We, we, We have... We'd be glad to give you one. If you don't have a Bible, see one of our one of our ushers and we'll send you home with your very own copy of the Word of God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 7 and verse number 9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. How about that? You couldn't count them. You just just start trying to count the years and then the decades and then the centuries and then the millennium. And the Bible says, just eventually God gets a place where he says, in the, in the endless ages, the age upon age upon age upon age, God is faithful. You can count on him. The rest of your life from here on out, the rest of your eternity from here on out, you can count on God. He is faithful. The New Testament says it this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. 
1 Corinthians 1, 9, I could just read these to you, and if you'd like me to do that, I will. But if you turn and look at them, you'll know I'm not misleading you or, or just making something up. This, this is really what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Now, you might, some of you might have received confirmation from a man or from a religion, but have you ever received it from God? God wants to say, I, I confirm this man, this woman has trusted my son Jesus Christ and is saved. That's a blessing. But now watch this. So that we, you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also Confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. Now, now, come on, look at this. There was a day, I hope in all of your lives, if, if not yet, I hope it'll be today, but there is a day when a man, a woman, a boy and girl puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and God who knows the hearts knows if you've truly believed and truly trusted Him. And God says, that soul is saved, that soul is mine. Now guess what? A week from now, I might do something that is not in line with that confirmation. A year from now, I might say something that is not in line with that confirmation. Ten years from now, I might make a mess out of the whole thing. Because I'm not faithful. I want to be. I try to be. Well... Some days I don't try to be as hard as others. But you know what the Bible says? The God who confirmed will confirm unto the end because He is faithful. If He said, I give unto them eternal life, then He must also say, and they shall never perish. Because God is faithful. Thanks be to God. (laughs) I'm glad this thing's not dependent on me. I, I want to do the best I can for the Lord, but I've seen what the best I can for the Lord is. It's not good enough. I sure like the best the Lord can do for me. That's, that's a whole lot better. Okay, Psalm 119, back in the Old Testament. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I could go as long as I wanted up there in Massachusetts because I just kept telling them. I said, no point in getting done. You just got to go out there. It's 28 degrees and wind blowing and snow falling. Who wants to leave? But I I can't say that here today. It's really nice outside. So I just say there might be a Bigfoot in the woods across the road there. That won't work. Now all the kids want to leave and go play in the woods. Psalm 119, verse 86. All thy commandments are faithful. All thy commandments are are faithful. Now, you can't say that about, about any government on the face of the earth. You can't say that about any man or woman on the face of the earth. But everything God ever commands, it's the right thing to command, and it, it, and it will be as, as long as it stands. Psalm 119, verse 138. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. Well, how do I know these, these rules are, are proper to live by? How do I know these commandments are, are safe to obey? Uh, Proverbs 14, verse 5 says this, A faithful witness will not lie. 
Is God faithful? Has He borne witness to what's good for you, what will hurt you, to what's a blessing in your life, to what bring harm in your life? He, he won't lie. He's telling you the truth. He's faithful. What He said, you can count on it every day, every time. You get in a situation. See, here's that thing, 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, we're tempted. We're all tempted. We're all tempted. But God is faithful. See, I don't know what to do. What's, what's the right choice? If I go this way, if I go that way. Well, God says, go this way. Don't go that way. He's faithful. He won't lie to you. The way that God told us to go is always the best way for us to go. He's faithful. I'm so glad of that. Well, listen what the Scripture says about our God. In Isaiah 49, Isaiah 49, and I'll be reading verse 7 if you want to follow along. Isaiah 49, and verse number 7. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to Him whom man despiseth, to Him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful, and the Holy One of Israel, and He shall choose thee. Now, look at the context of this thing. God is a people of the nation of Israel, and He said to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and their descendants, God said, I will give you this land, and I, I will make you the head of the nations and not the tail, and I will pour out blessings upon you, and I, I will dwell with you, I'll, I'll rule and reign over you. And God made them all those promises, and the nations of this world have committed horrible crimes against God. That's what you, that's what you just read about. They, they abhorred Him. They, they couldn't stand the God of the Bible. But He's got His own chosen people. But then the Lord said in the same verse, My people treated me as badly as those Gentile nations did. And when this thing's run its course, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give my people all the blessings I promised them, not because they were any good, but because I'm faithful. See what he said? I, I'm, I'm going to bless Israel... The nations despise me, and my people despise me, and I'm going to bless Israel. Look, I want to be faithful. I want to do right. But I don't. And I hope you want to be faithful. I hope you want to do right, but you don't. Who are you to judge me? Come on. Since we met together last, you've done everything God said to do. You haven't done one thing he told you not to do. And you've done it all with the right attitude, with the full strength of your energy. Come on. No. But he's faithful. He's faithful. Every promise he made to every one of us, he will keep because he's faithful. I'm so glad of that. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5. Maybe God's called you just to live a, a, a Christian life, a godly life, and you say, well, that, that's, that's too much for me. I, I, I don't think I could do that. Uh, maybe you believe God's called you to, to pastor, go to the mission field. Maybe you believe God's called you to be a, to be a great mother, a great uh, a trainer of children. Maybe you believe God's given you this to do, that to do. And, and whatever it is that, that, that we are certain in our heart that God would have us to do as an individual, as a family, as a church, if you really think that thing through, it's overwhelming. 
Come on, it is. People see me up here, you know, and boy, he's up there preaching, no slamming and bamming and bamming. He's just, you know. Listen, you have no idea of the wrestlings with, with thought and, and fears and conscience and, and, and ability. Man, my wife and I, we, I, was, I was 27, 28, and she was 21, 22 when we started this church. And neither, neither one of us wanted to do this. But it's what God wanted. And neither one of us believe we were capable of, of accomplishing what's been accomplished here. But we set out to accomplish all of it. And, and whatever it is that the Lord wants you to do, you should feel overwhelmed. You should feel inadequate. You should feel like you can't do it. Because if you felt otherwise, you would trust yourself and not God. You can't do it. How can I do anything for God? Come on. Now, look at this. First Thessalonians 5.24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And now watch how confident he is. Verse 25. Brethren, pray for us. <laughs> Isn't that something? The Holy Spirit says, Paul, tell them. I'll help him do whatever I called him to do. And he writes it down and then he, it's like he slips in a verse when God's not looking. <laughs> Brethren, pray for us. <laughs> Come on, we need prayer. We need encouragement. We need strength. We need help. Because we know we're not faithful. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Well, have you ever, sir, brother, have you ever looked honestly at what God wants you to be as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a Christian, as an evangelist to a lost and dying world? You can't do all that. But He's told you to. God is faithful. God is faithful. Come on, sister. You've got all of those things and on top of that, Him. God is faithful. There is none of us who is able to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon our life. But He is. God is faithful. I'm so glad there's something more to this thing than me. Aren't you glad there's something more to this thing than you? God is faithful. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We are moving out. We're doing, doing well this morning. 2 Thessalonians 3. Verse number three, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Tell you what, what just while we're kind of on this theme a little bit, our sister Jan, she just went to be with the Lord here recently and been thinking back about her so much. My wife and I were traveling from church to church all over this area, and we'd go to church, and nobody had a Bible, including the preacher, and we'd go to another church, and the preacher had a Bible, but he never opened it, and, and, and we're just getting more and more discouraged by the minute, and, and finally one, one night we went to church, and the preacher got up, and he said, well, I haven't studied this topic, but I'm going to preach on it anyway, and he proceeded to prove that he had not studied the topic. 
And on the way home, I just, I just, I was, was so furious that, that there just, there wasn't a place to go, go, go to church and, and hear the Bible. And, and man, all that night, it's just, you know, all you can hear in your heart and your mind is, well, big shot. Why don't you do, why don't you do better? You, you know so much. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is and this and that? And, and so this lady called, um, the, the prototypical little old lady and, and, uh, she said, Brother James, she said, I, I, I've heard you preach at different churches, and, and, uh, and I just know if, if you ever started a church, I just know my, my children come, my grandchildren come, and I, it's just, it was just, it was just so wrong. I just said, lady, they don't need me, they need God. And I didn't hang up on her, but pretty much ended the conversation, and so then there's another night, you know, what, what are you so upset about? You know, there's a woman asking you for help, and there's a woman asking you for Teach the Bible, you know, you're all angry, bent out of shape. So, so anyway, I prayed about that thing for two or three weeks and just couldn't get away from it, couldn't shake the, the, the notion that, that something needed to be done. And, and told my wife, and she said, she said, I did just, just, no way. She said, I don't know how to play the piano. And a pastor's wife has to be a piano player. And, and said, I, you know, I'm too young, and I don't know this, and I don't know the other thing. I said, well, you know the Bible inside and out, and, all, and just I'll do the work, and you support me, and we'll see what happens. She said, and so she prayed and prayed and prayed, and she said, well, I'll tell you what. She said, if God is in this, if God wants us to do this, since I can't play the piano, he'll have to send us a piano player. So we, we, knew, we knew about six people in town, and we'd been street preaching here for a couple of years, and told those six people, said, would you just come out to our house Friday night and, 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 and our family and the six of you would just pray and we'll ask the Lord, just start asking the Lord if it's his will for us to start a church. That's probably seven o'clock at night, something like that. And we're sitting there in that house and there's a knock on the door. If you don't know where we live, we, 911 can't find us sometimes. I mean, we're, we're way out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. There's a knock on the door. And opened the door, and Jan was on our doorstep with Sylvia McAuliffe. And we opened the door, and, and Jan smiled, and she said, Are you having a prayer meeting here tonight? And we said, Well, yeah. And Sylvia said, I told the Lord a year ago, if you ever started a church, I'd be the piano player. I looked at my wife, she started crying, well, that's it, you know, <laughs> should have built a bigger roadblock or something. We, we never did know. I asked Jen, I said, Jen, how'd you know we were having a prayer meeting? She said, the Lord. <laughs> that's, that's Jan, so. so that's how all that happened. And you know what? We weren't able then and we're not able now. But God's faithful. God's faithful. And I'm glad that he is. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And verse 13. So what if I, what if I mess up? What if I fail? What if I come, come up short? 2 Timothy 2.13, if we believe not... Yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Remember that man in the Bible, he said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. You ever done that? 
You believe God could do something but not that. You believe God could help with this but not the other thing. And you believe the Lord was strong enough for that for one situation but not for another. Come on, we've all been there. You know what the Bible says? When my faith gives out, His faithfulness never does. What a blessing. What a blessing. 1 John 1, nine says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not just the big things like salvation, but the little things like fear and trouble and, and, and conflict and, and, and bitterness and unforgiveness. Luke 16.10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Sometimes we can trust God for the big things, but not the little things. We can trust God to get us from here to heaven. We can trust God to wash all our sins away. We can't trust God to help us patch up a relationship or trust God to help us help us uh, deal with a, with a bad thought that keeps running through our mind. I'm telling you, if He's faithful in the big stuff, He's faithful in the little stuff. If He's faithful in the little things, He's faithful in the big things. You can count on God every time for everything. It's a blessing. Hebrews 2.17 says, Wherefore in all things it behooved Him to be made like unto His brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. That first high priest, his name was Aaron. Pretty good at cutting up bullocks. Pretty good at building fires. Pretty good at waving offerings. Pretty good at reading from the scroll. Did you let Moses go out of town for a couple of weeks? And Aaron take that whole church contemporary faster than you can believe. He wasn't faithful. Aaron had four sons. Two of them served God. Two of them, the Lord smote them. Trying to change the worship and the, the, the order of service and so forth. Not faithful. I'm telling you through, throughout the history of the Old Testament... You had some good priests and some bad priests, and the good ones had their bad days, and the bad ones had their, had their good days, but then Jesus came. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doeth all things well. Every aspect of His priestly ministry from God to man and from man to God, He just, he just gets it right every time. Every single time He gets it right. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's turn there. Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one as him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude, and as the sand was by the seashore innumerable. Now God said, God said to Abraham, you're going to have a child. And God said to Sarah, you and Abraham are going to have a have a child, and that child's going to be the heir. And you know what happened? Too much time passed for Sarah's liking, 
And she came up with an alternate plan. That alternate plan gave you ISIS and Libya and Syria and Jordan and Qatar and Qatar and Qatar and whatever however you say it, Al-Qaeda. Because she thought God could do it if I'm 30, but once I hit 35 or 40, God can't do it anymore. And Abraham went along with the plan because Abraham thought, well, if God hadn't done it by now, he's not going to do it. And if God hadn't come through yet, he'll never come through. And one day Abraham's about 99 years old and Sarah's about 89 and the Lord paid him one more visit and said, have you learned anything the last few decades? Well, we've learned we can't help you. But if you want to help us, you give us a chance, we'll trust you this time. And Sarah didn't just have one baby. She's had millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of... In fact, before this thing's through, her offspring will outnumber the stars of heaven and the grains of sand by the seashore because God is faithful. But, but now listen, there was a time in her life when she couldn't trust the faithfulness of God. And she made a mess out of things. And the faithful God did not allow that to stop him from doing what he promised her he would do for her. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the 1 Corinthians 10, 13 verse. Okay, Lord, I, 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 I backslid and walked out of church when I was 18, and, and, and now I'm just getting back in at the age of 40. I guess it's too late for me. It's not too late for God. Lord, I ruined my testimony and I did some terrible things and I've got some baggage. And I, well, yeah, it's the, we've, we've all got that and we all wish we didn't. But God is faithful. And he steps back on the scene decades after a man and a woman made a terrible mistake with terrible consequences for themselves and others. But the faithful God said, are you ready to trust me now? And brother, if you're 30, you can't relive the first 30 years, but what about the rest of it? And sister, if you're 40, you can't relive the first 40 years, but what about the rest of it? Are you ready to trust God now? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't do any good not trusting Him. That's been proven. Are you ready to trust Him now? Yes. With, your, with your home and with your marriage and with your children, with your finances and with your free time and with your thoughts and with your, with your hopes and your aspirations Trust God today. He's faithful. We can start from right here and go forward. It's such a, such a blessing. Through faith also, really? Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. That's not what the Old Testament says. The Old Testament says she didn't believe him. She sent her husband in to have a baby with her maid. Then she drove the maid and her son out of town because she was bitter and jealous. And then, and then she laughed at the promise of God. And finally, finally, one day she just humbled herself and believed God. And when God wrote the record in the New Testament, he said, Oh yeah, Sarah, woman of faith, she believed me. She trusted me. She counted me faithful. Aren't you glad when you get to heaven, God's just going to write, what he's going to read is the good parts? 
The bad parts are under his blood. It's incredible. God is faithful. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. (laughs) Yeah, right. Without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. All right, now, if you're visiting here, um, I, I, don't know, I don't know anything about snow except it's cold, and I don't like it. Because it's cold. If it was 85 and snowing, it's fantastic. And maybe be that way in heaven, I don't know, but it's cold. But, but anyway, here's what, here's, what, here's what people think. Here's the beach, and 300 yards offshore, there's this wave. And here comes the wave. Look, it's coming, it's coming, here comes the wave. Look, it's... That's not true. That water's right here. And there's pressure on the top of it, and there's pressure underneath it, and it rises, and it falls, but it's right there. You get floating in that, go out there in that ocean, get out there about, about four or five feet, and just start floating, and the waves, you go up with the waves, and down with the waves, and maybe under the waves, and flip around the way. But but you're right there. You know what we do? We waver. Lord puts me in Christ and one day I'm up and one day I'm down and one day I'm up and one day I'm down. I'm not, I'm not out and in. I'm up and down. But I waver. You know what the Lord said? That's okay. It's okay. I'm used to up and down. I'm used to up and down. I'm used to up and down. But I'm going to keep you right here. I'm going to keep you right here. They put those buoys in, you know, and they, they anchor those buoys, and, and the storm surge comes and takes the buoy up high, and then the, the moon goes this way and that, and that way, and the, the buoy goes back down. But it's right there. It has its highs and it has its lows, but it's right there. It's right there. It's right where it's anchored. You know, you know what the Lord said? I'm faithful. I've anchored you in Christ. And you're going to go up and you're going to go down. You're going to go up and you're going to go down. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Marriages go up and down. Parent-child relationships go up and down. Our desire to serve goes up and down. Our friendships with some of our brothers and sisters, they go up and down. God's faithful. God's faithful. If you want to get all that stuff fixed, you want to get everything in your life fixed, it can be fixed right now by a faithful God. He's not deterred by your ups and he's not deterred by your downs. He's faithful. All right. Two more stops quickly, quickly. Revelation. Revelation 19. Jesus Christ is the faithful witness according to Revelation 1. Revelation 19 says this. When the Lord comes back to this earth. When he comes back to this earth. Revelation 19, 11, I saw heaven open, behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. That's who he is. After all the professors at all the colleges said about him, he's still faithful. 
After all the blasphemy that Hollywood's ever put out about him, he's still faithful. After all the false doctrine taught by all the churches, he's still faithful. After all the people said, I don't believe in God, I'm, I'm an atheist, I don't think there's anything out there, he's faithful. He's going to come back, establish peace on this earth, and rule and reign in righteousness, no matter what anybody has said about him or tried to do to him, God is faithful. All right, one more verse, First Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. You notice this morning, nobody's asked you to trust a preacher or a priest or a church or a religion. All our confidence is in our God. And what we want you to do is trust the Lord. 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19. Wherefore, let them suffer according to the will of God. Commit the keeping of their souls to Him. In well-doing, as unto a faithful creator. The one who created you is faithful. No matter who's broken your heart or how they broke your heart, no matter who confused you or how confused you might be, God is faithful. So I knew a preacher one time, I've known ten for every one you know that did just what you're talking about. I know a deacon one time who didn't deke. I knew an usher one time who didn't ush. I, I don't, listen, I don't know more than you do. We're asking you to commit your soul, not to a Baptist church, not to a priest, not to a rabbi. We're asking you to commit your soul to a faithful creator. You can trust God. You can count on God. He'll do what's right every time, now and forever. Hallelujah. Our Father, we thank you this morning. All of our heart that in a world full of lies and a world full of deception and a world full of disappointment, there is one thing, one person absolutely trustworthy. And it's you, Lord. It's you. Help us, God, to trust the faithful Creator. In His name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together number 40. Number 40, if you're here today and you've never been saved, why not today? Come while we sing. Number 40, great is thy faithfulness.